Amen. So, the reason why prayer is counterculture is simply because we are a very independent society. We get things done. We are movers and shakers. We are hustlers. Whenever there's a problem, we do it and we get it done. I was actually thinking um, about this the other day that I actually have uh, a lot of student loans um, that I am currently paying off. And, and I was wondering, I'm like, man, if I actually, but I wasn't saved at the time, um, if I trusted God to be the one to provide for my fees, would I be in debt right now? But naturally that happened before I got saved, and so that's a story for another day. But even now, if you're a student here and you're trusting God for your fees, I wonder if God would pay your fees if you trusted him to pay your fees. If you are planning on getting married and you are looking at your budget and the cents just aren't making sense as you look through your budget, I wonder if you'll be able to get married if you stepped out in faith and you trusted God to be the one to provide for you. But our culture says, no, you have to make things happen for yourself. You are the one who needs to do it. You need to get things done. And so we end up becoming a very independent society. And that also is reflected in how we pray. And so sometimes when we pray, we're like, God, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Amen. And then we go about our lives. Or we say, God, bless this plan. Bless this. Bless that. And we go about our lives because we are the ones in control. And we aren't letting God be the one being in control with us. I remember a friend um, in, in, in varsity. Her results were coming out on the Friday. And the Thursday, her fees were not paid. And she was just crying. And I was like, friend, let's pray. Let's trust God to be the one to show up for you. And I kid you not, she was studying dentistry at Vits, um, and she owed Vits about 160,000 rand. Did it not all get paid the following day? It wasn't even her. God just showed up. I remember this past week, Trevor was sharing a testimony um, of how God provided for his daughter. He said, God, you said this child must go study at Tux. And now she's here at Tux. I don't have the money to pay for a registration. God, I ask you to be the one to show up. God showed up and paid each and every single cent so that that girl can study at Tux this year. What would it look like if we were dependent on God and we weren't relying on ourselves to make things happen? Would our lives be different? Would they be less stressful? And the disciple goes to Jesus because he has witnessed a culture of prayer where it is very performance-based, where it isn't about a relationship with God, where it isn't about trusting God. And so he goes to, to Jesus himself and says, teach us how to pray. Because I suspect whatever he has seen in the world was not bearing much fruit. But he went to Jesus and said, teach us, teach us how to pray. And Jesus says, when you pray, say the following, Father, hallowed be your name. Father, hallowed be your name. The first thing we do when we pray is we respond to God as a father. Not as a distant figure, not as someone who is far off, but as father. Because it is, different, it is difficult to honor him as father and say, hallowed be your name, if you do not honor him as father. One of the challenges I've had about God the Father specifically is the fact that my earthly father abandoned me. And so I went to God thinking that he is going to do the same. And so when I prayed, I used to pray just as a tick box exercise to say, I have prayed. But in my life, I lived independently. I lived not expecting God to do the work for me, but I knew that I have to make things happen. 
And so there are some of us sitting here with a father wound where we haven't experienced the best from our earthly fathers, where our earthly fathers have let us down and we project what we have experienced from our earthly fathers to our heavenly father. And we think he is also going to treat us the same. Maybe you're trusting for provision. Maybe you're trusting for your purpose. Maybe you're trusting for open doors. But then you know that my father has disappointed me. My earthly father has disappointed me. Therefore, my heavenly father is also going to disappoint me. So for the next five minutes, we're just going to pray into that. Where we're going to speak to God and tell him, Hey God, I struggle with this component. Or if you don't struggle, say, I haven't been coming to you as a father. Because coming to God as father means that you are a son or you are a daughter and you are not an orphan. You are not someone who is outside of the home. You do not have to beg. You do not have to fight in order for God to hear your prayers. But we come with the confidence knowing that this is who he says we are. The reason why he says call him father is because you are a son and you are a daughter. And if you do not believe that you're a son and a daughter, this is an opportunity to pray and tell God, God, I don't believe that I'm yours. I don't believe that you're a good father. Help me to align myself with that. So for the next five minutes in your groups of two or three, let's pray into that. Let's pray and, and tell God what we think, um, yeah, about him being a father.
can start wrapping up. Then verse 3 says the following. Give us each day our daily bread. When it comes to trusting God for provision, when it comes to trusting our Father in heaven for provision, it is something that we do daily because we need to eat daily. Give us this day our daily bread. It's not something where we trust God once off. He comes through and then we move on with our lives. Um, It's like, yay, God, you did it. Um, And then let's trust you for the next big thing. But it's trusting him for even the smallest thing where it's just, it's bread. I think about my daughter uh, who's about 18 months old. She never has to worry about where her next meal is going to come from because she's in the security of knowing that her parents care for her and love her and will provide for her. And sometimes because we aren't in agreement with the truth that God is our Father, there's a stress and anxiety that we experience in our day-to-day lives because we don't know whether God will come through or not. But but this is a moment for us to trust God, to say, God, I'm going to trust you that today you're going to provide for me everything that I need to see through the day. Whether it even be a pen, something so small like, God, I'm going to trust you for a pen before we trust God to change the world because God is calling us to change the world but if you can't trust him for just a pen how do you expect him to trust you I mean to trust him to change the world it starts small it starts day by day trusting God is a muscle that we build daily trusting him daily trusting him daily asking him knowing that he's a father he is good and he will provide for us and resting in that relationship knowing that we are sons and daughters of the most high God and there's no need for us to stress and to be anxious and so now as we pray let's surrender our anxiety to God so we're going to pray again we're going to pray for this that give us each day our daily bread let us trust God like even come to God and say God there have been moments where I haven't even trusted you for the smallest of things because I figured I can do it myself God even wants to come through for you in the little things. But it's not just material provision as well. But he wants to even provide joy, peace, love, and grace for you. There is so much more that God wants to do. Let us not limit him by just asking for the big stuff. But let us ask for him to show up each and every single day. So let's pray into that again in our small groups. I have about three to four minutes.
30 more seconds. Verse 4 says the following. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. In order to receive forgiveness, you need to be giving forgiveness. There's an inflow and an outflow. And this goes more towards our relationships here on earth, is that it is quite difficult for us to have a quarrel with someone and not be in right standing with each other, but then going to God and expecting him to forgive us. Because that's just hypocritical. Is that why aren't you forgiving, yet you expect me to forgive you? And forgiveness is one of those things that brings a lot of tension in relationships. Because forgiveness involves, number one, repentance. And repentance means taking responsibility for my actions and then turning the complete different direction and start walking in another direction so if i was heading in this direction it means i will start heading in this direction because i know that this direction brings strife between us it causes us to not be uh, in good standing with one another this is something that i experience uh quite a lot in 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 my marriage Uh, where my wife calls me out on certain things and it becomes hard because of my pride and my arrogance to actually repent and say, forgive me because I've actually sinned against you. I have wronged you by doing this. One of the things I've seen is that, you know, simply because of what I've experienced uh, with my earthly father uh, is that uh, I feel like I get silenced, right? And so whenever my wife and I have an argument, I just become a five-year-old. Um, and I, I demand to be heard. And in those moments, you know, I usually say mean stuff that I, I really don't mean. But it does hurt. And it would be hypocritical of me to hurt my wife in that moment. And then go to God and say, God, forgive me of my sins. Yet here, on the earthly level, things aren't okay. And we are all sinful. Unfortunately, we are all are sinful. And there will be strife in our relationships with people. So now there's a relationship I know that the Lord is laying on your heart to say, here you need to apologize. And so in your groups, share who's the person you need to apologize to and why you need to apologize to them. Yeah.
can start wrapping up. So, <clears throat> Jesus then does something curious here. The disciples ask, teach us how to pray. And then he gives them a short template on how to pray. And then he does something curious. He's, he transitions the conversation. Still on prayer, but he's revealing something to them that they were not aware of. He goes and he tells them about a friend and how he this person inconvenienced a friend who was asleep. Um, I can't imagine being asleep and then at midnight coming, someone coming, a friend of mine coming to knock and saying, hey, give me bread. Uh, I need to feed someone. And then my natural response is, go away, I'm asleep. You're going to wake my daughter up. You're making a lot of noise. But the friend ends up getting out of bed, getting the bread and giving him something so that, you know, he can leave and stop bothering him. And then it speaks about ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you and then he goes and he says what father among you if his son asks for a fish will instead of a fish give him a serpent or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will the heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him and so one of the keys we see here is that prayer involves a relationship with the holy spirit as well it's not just with the Father, it's not just with the Son, but it's a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person, and He wants to meet with each and every single one of us. He wants to have relationship with us. When we pray, we do not have to sit in a room that's empty and quiet all by ourselves, but we can sit with God. And God is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is something that has been spoken about negatively. There have been bad experiences where people have been abused. And I just want to say I'm sorry that you have experienced that. But the Holy Spirit is a person and, and He is God. And when we reject the Holy Spirit, when we are resistant towards the Holy Spirit, we are actually resistant towards God. When God created the world, he sent forth the Holy Spirit first to survey the land and see what is happening. Even this evening as we are sitting here, the Holy Spirit is here and he wants to come into your heart. In the Old Testament, we see that God's presence was in the Garden of Eden. And then man sinned and the presence left. But God was like, you cannot do this life thing without my presence because in order for you to live, I had to breathe my presence into the clay, into the dust so that you may have life. And so God gave the Israelites instructions on to build uh, the tabernacle where his presence would dwell. So we start to see this ladder where he was first with us, then he left, and then he comes to us in a tabernacle. 
And then the people of Israel rejected that. Then he's like, okay, fine, I'm going to raise judges. And through these judges, I will put my spirit in them. And then the people rejected the judges. And then God says, I'll get closer. Then he started raising up prophets. And then the people rejected the prophets. And God was like, enough is enough now. I want to come and live inside of you. No longer will I speak to you through people. No longer will I, will I dwell in an object, but I want to dwell in that which I have created. I want an intimate relationship with my sons and with my daughters. I want them to know that when, I, when they pray, I am there right beside them, listening to each and every single word. I want them to know that when you cry, I am going to catch each and every single tear that you cry because I am your father and I care for you and I am present. I will not leave you alone. When you are feeling lonely, when you are not feeling the love, I mean, when life is, is, is hitting you and you're not feeling any love, he is there to pour love into your heart. Holy Spirit wants to meet with each and every single one of us. Prayer isn't just a one-way communication where we talk to God, but we need to make space to hear from God because it is a relationship. It's not just me speaking and speaking and speaking because that's no longer a relationship. Whatever it is, it's toxic. It's not a relationship. It's a relationship when we allow a channel of communication to flow. So first and foremost, God has spoken to each and every single one of us through his word. And then we respond to God in prayer, but we still need to allow God to respond again to us through his Holy Spirit. And so now we're going to do something a bit awkward. It is going to be a bit uncomfortable, but that's okay. Because it's God who wants to meet with us. And so we're going to make space for God to speak to each and every single one of us this evening. So I'm going to hand over to the band. We're going to worship the Lord. And then we're going to make space. We're going to wait to hear what God has to say to each and every single one. Let's be expecting that God has a word for each and every single one of us. Amen. Amen. Guys, I also just want to encourage you all that if you feel like standing or sitting or lying, just being on your knees, just be in God's presence and just wait on Him. Church, obey your life, let the 
hands of heaven pour your spirit out pour your spirit out a holy anointing the power of your
the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not force himself upon you. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not force himself upon you. And so if you want to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, I want you to close your eyes. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Hold your breath for a few seconds and breathe out through your mouth. Breathe in through your nose, a deep breath. Hold your breath and let it go throughout your mouth, through your mouth. And as you breathe, this is something called breathing prayer. As you breathe in and you hold your breath and you breathe out, I want you to say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come and fill my heart. I want to have a relationship with you. So as you breathe in, Holy Spirit, come into my heart. I want to have a relationship with you. You are welcome here. He will not force himself upon you. So take a deep breath in. And if you have questions for God, there's things that you have been struggling with and this is the opportunity to bring them at the feet of the Holy Spirit because God wants to teach you in this moment. God wants to love on you in this moment. God wants to lead you in this moment. Imagine as you are walking throughout your day and you're just having a conversation with, your, with the Holy Spirit in your heart, just telling him about your day and what's happening and just allowing him to lead you and say, hey, I want you to encourage Friki there in your class. He's going through a difficult time and I want him to know that I love him. Imagine that as you're walking around doing life, your boss irritates you and annoys you and you just, in that moment, you're just like, Holy Spirit, help me to love on him because I can't do it in my own strength. And the Holy Spirit just speaks to you and say, hey, he's actually going through a divorce. That's why he's so moody. Or hey, he's actually, he hasn't experienced the love of a father. So I just want you to love on him. So take a deep breath in through your nose. Hold your breath out through your mouth and invite the Holy Spirit in. And we're just going to give you space to commune with the Father.
So 